You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke and Cameron Parker of Predominantly Orange, your daily Broncos podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Locked On Broncos podcast, your daily bite-sized podcast covering the Denver Broncos. We give you the best coverage, news, analysis, and all things orange and blue over here. The NFL Divisional Playoffs have concluded, and we are heading towards the NFC and the AFC Championships. A lot of action over the weekend. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 53, and unfortunately, the NFL season being over, which is definitely a low light, but we have you covered all offseason long. Five days a week here on the Locked On Broncos podcast with all Broncos news, analysis, and coverage. I'm your host, Cody Rourke, NFL analyst covering the National Football League and the Denver Broncos, as well as a columnist over at PredominantlyOrange.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at Cody Rourke, NFL. And I'm back, ladies and gentlemen. I am Cameron Parker. I was dealing with a little bit of a sickness, so if I if I sound like I am uh, in battling a cold, well, I am definitely better than, uh, than what I was on Friday. So I'm Cameron Parker. I am... Uh, um, the co-host along with my good buddy, my good pal, Cody Rourke. Um, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Cameron Parker PO. Thank you guys very much for following along. And like Cody said, please follow our show handle on Twitter at Locked On Broncos and as well as the Locked On NFL Network. There's a lot of terrific content down there from all the hosts of all the NFL teams. So if you guys want to get your NFL fix, NFL playoff fix, you know, please follow obviously the, you know, the Locked On Saints with the with the big win uh, potentially or just even the locked on Patriots with Mark Schofield so there's a lot happening with a bunch of others locked on Chiefs so you know there's a bunch of certainly good worthy playoff content down here on the NFL and uh, locked on NFL Network absolutely you can also follow the locked on NFL Network Twitter handle at locked on NFL Net like Cameron said you get every single NFL host from the locked on podcast network every local expert covering their team on one single feed it's awesome And we have a big action-packed show in store for you guys today. Happy Monday. Hope you guys are having a nice trek to work with a cup of coffee and some Broncos orange and blue uh, cup. You know, hopefully you guys got that. I got a Broncos cup for Christmas, and I hope you guys did as well. Have some coffee. Drive home safely, obviously, to and from work. But we're going to get into it today. Segment number one of today's show, we're going to give you an update on the Broncos coaching staff search. More coaching news. Some guys going elsewhere. Obviously, some clarity on certain positions we might know more. By the end of today, whether or not some pieces are finalized, but obviously a lot to talk about there. Segment number two, we're going to recap the NFL divisional playoffs. There's some former Broncos that had some success over the weekend, and we're going to talk about that. Segment number three, we're going to preview the AFC and NFC championship matchups. Huge, huge games. Obviously, revenge on the mind. That's the theme for the championship week and revenge for some of these teams because it'll be a rematch of regular season matchups. But we're going to jump right into it right now with our Coaching news now. The Broncos, you know, Friday was kind of a cluster in Broncos country because it was expected Gary Kubiak was going to be the offensive coordinator. You know, a lot of people I talked to inside the organization and the know prior to everything happening on Friday, it was almost a guarantee that 
Gary Kubiak was going to be the offense coordinator. However, the hung up on the whole entire thing that led to him no longer being an option as offensive coordinator was the fact he wanted to bring in Rick Dennison and, and you know a couple of those older coaching pieces that used to be around. And really, there was a differing in ideas and coaching philosophies between that with John Elway. It, it really told me that John Elway has taken a firm stance. And look, we are evolving. We're not going to do the same exact thing because the same exact thing is not working. I was completely excited about Gary Kubiak, Broncos players were, but the moment I found out about Rick Dennison, more so along the lines, I just remember what happened in 2015 when he was with Denver. I also remember what it was like when he was with the Bills and their struggles and also the Jets and their struggles this year. And I just didn't feel as if that would be a good fit to bring back to the Broncos who offensively, They've been struggling quite a bit. They need some, you know, youth and some revitalization at that position in terms of offensive coordinator, as well as getting a, you know, your quarterback to perform well. So that fell through. No more offensive coordinator hope for Gary Kubiak with the Broncos. He's still in the department, though, the personnel department. That can change if he wants to pursue a coaching job. The Broncos aren't gonna, you know, withhold them from being able to go and do that. You know, so unfortunately, the the coaching philosophy thing kind of came into conflict with one another. But you know, wish Gary Kubiak the best. He's done so much for this Broncos organization, but the Broncos are wanting to interview 49ers quarterback coach Rick Scandarello for their offensive coordinator position, and the 49ers had blocked him on Friday, and this was kind of a frustrating thing, but the 49ers, it's not just Denver they're blocking. They're blocking everybody from trying to interview their staff. There is some discussion right now internally between the organizations on negotiating, being able to interview Rich Scandarello. So I think this would be a huge move for the Broncos a little bit. I mean, you've seen some success there with Jimmy Garoppolo. You've seen it also, you know, with Nick Mullins coming out of nowhere. You know, it's going to be an interesting thing to see what the Broncos and the 49ers do in, in regards to this, obviously in business, you know, but the Broncos are trying to fill that offensive corner position. So hopefully we might know by the end of the day whether or not that's going to happen. Also, the Broncos are going to be interviewing Bears outside linebacker coach Brandon Staley, who got a lot of work with Roquan Smith and Khalil Mack and, and a lot of the edge rushers down there in Chicago. Obviously, key ties here to Vic Fangio uh, and, and being part of his defensive staff there. So it would just be another addition for Bradley Chubb and Von Miller in the coaching department. We'll obviously give you some news on some other coaches in this position there, but the Broncos are also awaiting word from Ed Donatel, who coached the secondaries in Chicago. They want to know whether or not he's going to stay in Chicago and maybe be their defensive coordinator or whether or not he's going to come be the secondary coach or maybe just the title of defensive coordinator. We already know Vic Fangio is going to be calling the defensive plays for the Broncos, but that's a move that they're really waiting on. And it's definitely a move that I don't see it not happening based on Donatel really following Vic Fangio to San Francisco and also to Chicago. They got a really good relationship. This makes the most sense for the Broncos. And really in terms of, you know, continued coaching news, the good news is the Broncos will be retaining special teams coordinator Tom McMahon the Broncos special teams under Brock Olivo the year prior were very very bottom ranked in the NFL I believe they were dead last 32nd in the National Football League Tom McMahon you know, came in and completely changed the culture of the special teams room. And, and, you know, you saw a lot of production from that unit. Very, very excited about that. He really turned that special teams unit around. Assistant special teams coach Chris Gould will be returning as well. Uh, you know, sidekick there to Tom McMahon. That's going to be a huge move. Had a chance to talk with Chris Gould several times and see some of his presentations. And and really, you could tell why the Broncos this year had a really disciplined in terms of game plaque on, on kick coverage and punt return coverage. Outside of that, Oak 
Oakland Raiders game on Monday Night Football, but outside of that, special teams are in good hands. Bill Collar, like you said, Bill Collar will be back. And, and you know, I don't think a guy like Vic Fangio would let a guy like Bill Collar go, a guy who has instilled such a mean and hostile attitude into that defensive line. You got to keep him around. And Reggie Hearing, linebacker coach, will also be returning for the Denver Broncos. So this is huge news. They're retaining, a, you know, several of those key pieces that were on their staff this year. And Lauren Lando and his assistants, you know, in the strength and conditioning team, they will be returning as well. But, you know, we talk about Bill Collar being the hard-nosed, off, you know, defensive line coach. The Broncos are making a heavy, heavy push towards Mike Munchak to be their offensive line coach. You know, that could change by today. We could find out more, you know, after this episode gets published, but more so along the lines, they're really trying to convince him to come over. They like him. He's the runner up in their head coaching search, but the Steelers are making a heavy push here. They may offer him a little bit more money and they also may offer him the associate head coaching title for the Steelers organization. That's really kind of in disarray right now. Right now it's really, really hard. We could get a little bit more clarity on this overall, but the Broncos, they're not giving up. They're pushing very hard for Mike Munchak. So that's something that we have to keep our eye on as well. Yeah, and I, I think the, the 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 strong point, though, I think that regardless if we get Mike Munchak, the, the important thing that needs to be you know reiterated so often is that while we certainly appreciate the Gary Kubiak thing and 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 him, you know, potentially possible or possibly being that offensive coordinator, it's also for us to understand that we do have to change with the times. And, you know, we, we certainly appreciated everything that Gary Kubiak has put forth into the organization, everything that he put in as far as the blood, sweat and tears. And if it so happens that it's a potential divorce where they go their separate ways and him being an offensive coordinator, you know, congratulations to Kubiak. I mean, you're back on the sidelines after two years. Um, and, and being part of the front office. So it'll be interesting if, whether it happens, him being an offensive coordinator, how he has seen the NFL evolve, certainly with the two years, but certainly the deal breaker was him wanting to bring in Rick Dennison. And, and that's not really changing with the times, unfortunately. And uh, Vic Vangio talked about that in his press conference that he wanted to certainly change with the times. He was there with Matt, Matt Nagy, the head coach of the Chicago Bears, seeing it w- certainly work well with Matt with Mitchell Trubisky and so on and so forth. But the, the strong sense of a solid staff is there with Curtis Modkins and, um, and Zach Azani. Um, and in fact, I think Zach Azani might have some familiarity of being part of that coaching staff because I think he was the Chicago Bears wide receiver coach. Yeah, yeah. So there's still some familiarity with that one as well. Him and Mockins, yes. So it makes a lot of sense to keep two of the strongest strong suits on offense together. And who knows if they swing something with with potential Mike Munchak, that is that's a huge power move to potentially get the best offensive line coach in the NFL and have him be part of the Denver Broncos, whose offensive line unit has been abysmal to say the least in, in, in the handful of years with Denver, there's a lot of improvement last or this particular season, but uh, any chance you can get the best in the biz and potentially a top two head coaching candidate for the Broncos. That's something. Yeah, it really is. And, and speaking of that, Curtis Motkin, Zach Azani, both expected to return to the Broncos to coach running backs and wide receivers. 
Former Broncos safety coach, DB's coach, Marcus Robertson's got an interview set up with Arizona where Vance Joseph went and former Broncos cornerback coach, a good friend of mine. You know, I tell you what, I've really appreciated getting to know Greg Williams. Uh, he's interviewing with the Carolina Panthers. You know, it's just one of those things where it's more likely that Ed Donatel will be coming in to coach the Broncos secondary. That's their hope, at least. Greg Williams, just, you know, we talk about a good coach who really worked with a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of injuries at his position in terms of corner back very instrumental in developing Isaac Yadam a little bit so you know I, I shared a text with him this week said you know he, he did a lot of phenomenal work awesome guy and let me tell you what type of you know I don't want to spend too much time on this but Greg Williams was the type of guy that would come out you know when I coach high school football and, and you know I coach defensive backs as well cornerbacks and and Greg Williams would come out to the games that I'm coaching at and support you know my young guys and him and I would always chat it up after the games great guy you know great coach but even better human being so Greg Williams going to be following him wherever he goes a really cool guy uh, unfortunately just didn't work out in Denver with with all the changes that happened but you know he's gonna land on his feet and he may get there in Carolina or Detroit so that's something to keep an eye on if you're a Greg Williams guy like myself um, also right now quarterbacks with Mike Sullivan and, and Jeep Chris the tight ends their coaching jobs are currently up in the air right now pending whoever's being hired as the offense coordinator uh, for this Broncos team going forward so uh, we're gonna head into segment two here in just a second talking about the divisional playoff recap of all the weekend scores but we got to tell you guys about smart speakers, and I got to ask you guys a question. If you got a smart speaker over the holidays, you have to tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On Broncos at home. It can play in multiple rooms. You have the Alexa or you have the Google Home. So you can say, Alexa, play podcast Locked On Broncos or say, hey, Google, play podcast Locked On Broncos. Me personally, in the morning, I always say, hey, Google, play podcast Locked On Nuggets, and I get to hear Adam Mades talk about the number one seed Denver Nuggets who played the Portland Trailblazers last night. Listen to what the the guys over at Denver Stiff had to say by saying, hey, Google or Alexa, play podcast Locked on Nuggets. The NFL Divisional Weekend has finally recapped and we saw some exciting games and some not so exciting games. I say... You know, I think this is the trend. We saw it with Wild Card Rican. There was two really exciting games, and there was two really just boring and just kind of games that were over probably before halftime. And we saw almost the same exact kind of formula this week. Our first game of the NFL Divisional Playoffs, we saw the Colts battling the Chiefs in a snowy game at Arrowhead Stadium. And the Chiefs just ran all over the Colts' defense. The Colts played a lot of cover two, a lot of zone coverage, and Patrick Mahomes just lit it up. I mean, this guy, you know, he's a special quarterback. We talked about him. As much as we dislike the Chiefs being in Broncos country, what they have right now offensively with Patrick Mahomes, it, it almost made sense to make the hire of Vic Fangio because you had to find a way to stop those guys. And when I look at the Broncos, I think they have the talent to match up with the Chiefs in terms of, you know, Chris Harris Jr. was tweeting it out yesterday on Twitter. You know, you have to go man coverage against these receivers. You have to get in the receiver's face because if you allow Patrick Mahomes time to just sit back and throw into a clean pocket against zone coverage, he's going to eat you up all day we saw the same thing with the what the Chargers did against the Patriots so really in this one Chiefs rolled over the Colts 31-13 I was more so disappointed that we didn't see a very good performance from Andrew Luck he looked like he had the pregame jitters and it just didn't pan out that well yeah it, it was just one of those games where I you know they just were flat 
I mean, you know, whether it was the Los Angeles Chargers, and we'll talk about that one too, you know, both of them, uh, but both the teams in, in particular, as we're talking about the, the Indianapolis Colts, they were just flat. And it was a little bit interesting because one of the battles, one of the key battles of that entire game was the Chris Jones and Quentin Nelson battle. And there were a lot of bad at balls in that game. And like you said, maybe that's just an, uh, an attribute to just – you know, Andrew Luck being nervous and being a little bit tentative. But I mean, you know, there were times where there was a lot of darts thrown by Andrew Luck, but there were more tentative throws and, and more air ball throws, should I say, of uh, for a quarterback than there were, you know, darts. I mean, you don't really have so many balls batted down in the line of scrimmage if you feel tentative, really. And certainly felt that way with Andrew Luck. And, you know, maybe that and it's just unfortunate to say, but maybe that was just the unfortunate thing with Andrew Luck because he had such a great year and a great defense around him. Then, you know, it's just unfortunate that they picked the wrong time to unfortunately take the foot off their gas as a team. And it's just an unfortunate thing. And the Colts had the maybe the a better defense than they've ever had in the past and maybe one that they probably could have stuck with the Kansas City Chiefs over time. But, you know, when you have a special quarterback like uh, Patrick Mahomes, who really is a rookie, but also also playing at an MVP type level, it's really hard to match that. Yeah, and I don't think anybody's going to dethrone him for winning MVP this year when the award ceremony happens the night before the Super Bowl. Everybody will find out there. But our next matchup here in the divisional series, we saw the Dallas Cowboys traveling to L.A. Coliseum to take on the Los Angeles Rams. And the Rams in this one, they just put over a dominant performance. They win this one 30-22, and and the score is a lot closer than the game really, really was. And and I think we got to highlight this a little bit more because it featured two former Denver Broncos and obviously a former Broncos coaching great that we all love and Noah and Wade Phillips but CJ Anderson hats off to him coming into the you know four games into the NFL season uh, with the Rams he's he's been very very impressive he's averaged over 100 plus yards a game per game since he's become an LA Ram he had 23 carries 123 yards and two touchdowns and it almost seemed like every run that he had he, we, we go back to you know what we saw in the Super Bowl you know he, he'd bounce off these seven yard runs 10 yard runs big time runs and he always has good games against the Dallas Cowboys it seems and the trend continued there him and Todd Gurley each rushing over 100 yards defensively, Aqib Talib, you know, he was kind of that energizer part of that defense. And unfortunately, you know, there was a stretch where he was out getting evaluated for a concussion. He came back in and and really he did a good job covering Michael Gallup. And when I go through this and, and I, I, I kind of go back to the game, they called this P.I kind of penalty on on Aqib Talib late in that game I wasn't really in agreement with I thought it was a, a very ticky tacky PL call in the end zone which allowed the Cowboys to come in and score but Aqib Talib was big for that defense he you know he had a very good tackle on Ezekiel Elliott where Ezekiel Elliott went to go extend the stiff arm he clubs the arm down and goes for the legs wraps up and I mean that's just great tackling by defense and he just brings that swagger to that defense and and really I think he's the best cornerback on that team Marcus Peters we saw him do what he likes to do and and that's going through and doing his own thing, being rogue. And for the Broncos, you know, if you're looking at it from a Broncos lens, it's always kind of see to do, you know, former Broncos doing really well in this game. And for the sake of time, we're going to get into our Sunday matchups, which we saw the Chargers and the Patriots. And, and I tell you what, 
Sony Michelle is a guy that is going to be big for the moment anytime he gets a chance to. And a lot of people, you know, we talk about Tom Brady. You know, Tom Brady makes third and five, third and eight look effortless as a quarterback. They were just rolling over the Chargers. And the Chargers, you know, they, they were in it for a little bit of a stretch in the first half, probably in that first quarter, you know, maybe a few minutes into the second quarter. They go on to lose this game 41 to 28. Sony Michelle, three rushing touchdowns. Tom Brady just being very efficient, connecting. And unfortunately for Phillip Rivers, I I think we we're all kind of in a sense rooting for Philip Rivers. You know, in the season, I felt as if there was one team that maybe could catch the Chiefs. It was going to be the Chargers, but, you know, the Patriots rolling and they have a chance as well. I mean, scoring 41 points, they score the most points in divisional weekend this week. They're heading up for a huge matchup and a huge rematch with Patrick Mahomes in that AFC Championship. We'll preview that here in segment number three, but there was that game as well. And then, Cam, we saw the late game on Sunday, the Saints dethroning the Eagles 20 to 4. Alshon Jeffrey with a key drop that led to an interception by Marshawn Lattimore to secure the deal for the Saints. And Sean, you know, I think Sean Payton earlier in the week had a lot of motivation for these guys bringing in all that money with armed guards and the Lombardi Trophy in there saying, you guys want this? We got to win this weekend. And I think that's just as a coach, you look at that as motivational. It's been crazy. But Drew Brees, you know, interception first play of the game from his, from his standpoint. And he goes on to light him up with, a you know, just under 70% completion percentage all game. And, and really, you're going to see another matchup we'll talk about in segment three between the Rams and the Saints. But the divisional weekend was wild, Cameron. And give us your quick thoughts on, on a couple of those games before we get into segment three. You know, it's funny. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk. I'll, I'll save the point that I have. Um just as far as the overarching point, but it was, I mean, the Saints and Philadelphia was probably the best game of the entire weekend. Uh, and I think that the the fact that it was, it came by, should we say Cody, a death by inches? I mean, it was, uh, I mean, if, if Alshon Jeffrey catches that ball, we, we might have a first down. And we, we, we definitely would not have had an interception. I mean, that that's for sure. Um, but it, it just shows you the proof. I mean, because we're talking about this in a, through a Broncos lens. It shows you why, you know, Vic Fangio was right for the job. I, you know, it, it, since we're talking about it through that. I, the fact that the Broncos were able to hire a coach that understands that and that he realizes that it is truly a game of inches and that everything, or um, whether it's life, whether it's a game, you should treat everything and put in the same amount of effort into everything. I mean, you're not going to have a bounce go your way, but it's just what you do with the next opportunity. And that, in essence, to me, is what the biggest thing that stood out in the New Orleans Saints game. And and just, you know, again, with the Los Angeles Chargers, kind of like the, the Colts and the Kansas City Chiefs game, you know, they, the Chargers, to maybe use a Chargers pun, they needed a lightning bolt to their entire offense and unfor- or just their entire team. And unfortunately, you know, um, it, just never, it just really didn't happen. But going to your eighth straight AFC uh, championship game, Cody, is that good? I mean, that's – it is ridiculous. It's consistency and it is Bill Belichick at his finest. And, you know, I, I said it in a tweet today. Um, I – you know, I, I'm probably in the rare minority to where I actually respect a great deal as far as what Philip Rivers and Tom Brady certainly present. I mean, they they are at the upper echelon of their class. Tom Brady is obviously at the top of that. 
and the fact that he always reaches his peak, his best, when it matters most, that's when the greatest of all time quarterbacks come into play, and Tom Brady is certainly one of those. Yeah, he really is, and we're going to preview the AFC and NFC championship matchups coming up here in segment number three, but before we get to that, I got to tell you guys, you got to go follow on Twitter and Instagram at LockedOnNFLNet because it keeps you up to date with all the latest happenings around the Locked On NFL Network. The Kansas City Chiefs with a big win going to the AFC championship this weekend. You can listen to Ryan Tracy, Chris Clark over there at Locked On Chiefs. You can catch out the feed at Locked On NFL Net. A lot of talk this week on there. And on Instagram, you're going to see some of the biggest stories from the weekend's divisional games on your Instagram stories and your feeds from Locked On NFL Net. Like and follow those accounts to get the best coverage from the Locked On NFL Net and the local experts covering their team here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're heading into championship weekend here, AFC and NFC championship games. And, you know, I just remember the feeling, you know, as a Broncos guy several years ago when the Broncos beat the Patriots at home 20 to 18. And and this was type, you know, the type of feeling that knowing that you're one game away from going to the Super Bowl. And and these teams all understand that. Now, for a guy like Patrick Mahomes, a guy who's essentially a rookie in the National Football League, MVP candidate, one game away. And, you know, hats off, you know, to the Chiefs. They, They played very, very well against the Colts defensively they're all over the Indianapolis Colts offensively they're just too much for the Colts defense to handle and and you know despite the fact that you know the Chiefs did make some mistakes in those games the Colts had opportunities they couldn't convert we're gonna see a rematch here in the AFC championship between the Chiefs and the Patriots and the last time these two teams met this season was week six the Chiefs were on the road at New England the Patriots won the shootout 43 to 40 now the question is can Tom Brady outscore Patrick Mahomes again and the harder part is you have to go to Arrowhead Stadium for this matchup in order to even have a chance to win. You, it's not going to be in New England. It's going to be on the road in KC where it's cold and both teams are accustomed to the cold. You know, there's going to be the loudness of the of the Chiefs fans. Hopefully no snowballs thrown by Chiefs fans. If you do that, you know, uh, you know, you probably shouldn't be at a sporting event if you can't handle yourself in that fashion. But huge, huge matchup. Last time these two teams met, like I said, it was a shootout 43-40. Tyreek Hill had a huge game. And based on any indication too, you know, the Patriots went man coverage against the Chargers and they got burnt several times on it. Stephon Gilmore had one of his worst games of the year despite him having a really good year it was one of his worst games of the year against Mike Williams and obviously Keenan Allen so this is going to be a huge thing to watch and that standpoint Cam give us a quick little note on your idea of this matchup before we jump into the NFC championship I just think it proves again um and it's sort of a point that sort of feeds into the other game as well but it would be fascinating to me if we did end up with a Patriots and Saints Super Bowl because it you know what shows you that this new wave of quarterbacks that are taking the the the, the league by storm with a Jared Goff and a Patrick Mahomes that they're, they're still the, the upper echelon quarterbacks with Drew Brees and Tom Brady and that in order for Patrick Mahomes and Jared Goff to dethrone one of these guys is just an incredible honor. And to get to the Super Bowl is something that either could go completely unnoticed or it's just something that is just further proof that the NFL 
quarterback circle is changing. And the fact that Patrick Mahomes has the opportunity to dethrone maybe the greatest quarterback of all time to get to the Super Bowl and get the Chiefs to, you know, its first Super Bowl in quite some time is a pretty incredible uh, achievement. So that's really the biggest thing that is just really um, been lurking in my mind as I've been watching these games is that, you know, and, and for even that, to just even have a Super Bowl, whether it's Drew Brees and Tom Brady in a society where you have a Jared Goff and a Patrick Mahomes now that are taking this league by storm, it's just, it, it again, further proves, though, that the quarterback is a quarterback-driven league and that maybe the college system still has just a little bit ways to go. Oh, man, I don't know some of these teams that are scoring high pace. The Rams offense, Chiefs offense, it's just crazy. Getting the ball to your hands quickly. You know, you can't go man coverage against, you know, teams if you don't have the personnel for it. You can't go against zone, you know, when you're playing against Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes. It's just pick your poison in a sense. And we get to our NFC Championship preview here, the Rams and the Saints. This is going to be huge. The Rams got to go all the way back to New Orleans where the last time they went there was week nine. The Saints won that matchup 45-35 and and really I think the idea thing is we saw Marcus Peters after that game talking about Sean Payton. They were jawing at each other or something. So this is going to be a huge matchup. Preferably I would hope Marcus Peters just keeps his mouth shut and just focuses on the game because Marcus Peters has given up a lot of touchdowns this year. He's got burn on a lot of plays. He's got to solidify his gameplay a little more before speaking to the media. But this can be a different game next time around. Jared Goff and that that rushing attack that they have, they didn't have that the last time they played in Week 9. It's going to be a big matchup. One-two punch between Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson. It's a very, very nice matchup here. Regardless, I think I speak for Cameron and myself before we get to the end here. And Regardless who wins the AFC Championship, I think Broncos fans, Broncos country will be probably rooting for the NFC guy, whoever represents them in the Super Bowl, to dethrone either Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Whoever may get to it, obviously Championship Weekend is this Sunday on the NFL coverage. We're going to keep you covered with that as well with another update of AFC NFC Championship Weekend recap on next week's episode of Lockdown Broncos. But I'm going to be joined by Ryan Konigsberg, guy over there over at BSN Denver. Great guy. Him and Zach Stevens do a lot of phenomenal work for BSN Denver. Always appreciate having him on. We're going to have him on for a segment on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Broncos. Stay tuned for that. We're also going to be getting next weekend... Brandon Perna, he's going to be joining the Lockdown Broncos podcast, so it's going to be a huge episode as well. We'll keep you up to date when some more Broncos coaching hires are made official. This is your best place to get all your Broncos coverage every single day on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Cody Rourke, speaking for my co-host, Cameron Parker. We'll see you tomorrow for another episode of the show.